0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. He said, Andy, get in here fast.
1: Uh, It's cancer and it's serious. And it was. uh, Went in, had the the tumor removed and found uh, that it had spread uh, through the lymph nodes and I had two other tumors uh, in my body and that's why they staged
0: it at stage four. You know, I was given an eight percent chance of survival. Next on Life Today, while battling cancer Andy McQuitty found purpose in the pain.
2: today. We're so glad you could join us. I'm Betty, and this is James.
3: Well, we have Andy McQuitty with us, and uh, Andy is at Irving Bible Church. It's a tremendous church. I mean, it's not only Bible-centered, it's Christ-centered. You know, sometimes you can just start looking at the Word, and you don't act much like Jesus anymore. It's like we've got to prove a point. Not so with this pastor. I mean, you talk about having a shepherd's heart and, and really wanting to get everybody into the fold of God's security and His shadow, but also if there's one still out there. He wants us to go get that sheep, and he's after him. And he understands what it is to fight a battle that no one wants to battle, no one wants to fight. And uh, actually came here at the very beginning of the battle with cancer, came back later with his wife when it, it looked like miracles were unfolding. And way? he began to talk and was writing for the church his uh, notes uh, from the valley uh, of the shadow in many instances, and he knew what was there, possibly, and was trusting God, and we were all praying with him. And we just kind of walked that through. And, and when he was talking about it, and I was reading because my personal assistant, Carol Sturzer, goes there and loves the church. She and her husband, David, and their beautiful little adopted daughter from China, Mia. And uh, so she would be sure, I always saw what Andy wrote. And by the way, since you got out of the battle, she's still sending me all your stuff. <laughs> yeah, it has a Sorry. different battle now, but it's so good, it's so good. Andy has a not only a great gift to communicate and preach, but to write. And so when he was sitting here, I said, I, I, hope you'll, "I hope you'll, write a book about this." So here it is. I want you to see it. It's very, very important that you see this, because for many of you, it's not only going to be life enriching; it's going to be life changing, maybe life saving. "Notes from the Valley," a spiritual travelogue through cancer. Would you welcome Andy McQuitty to life today? Andy.
1: Thank you. Thank Who you very really much.
3: All right, I want you just to, let's talk about the journey and let's talk about the notes and so forth. But when you got this diagnosis, it was not a good diagnosis. For the viewers who may not know, it's pretty serious, wasn't it? Tell them what, what you heard. It was
1: pretty serious, James. Um, I got a call one day from my doctor, uh, had a colonoscopy and it had showed the presence of a, of a huge tumor that had broken through the walls of my colon. Um, He said, Andy, get in here fast. Uh, It's cancer, and it's serious. And it was. uh, Went in, had the the tumor removed, and found uh, that it had spread uh, through the lymph nodes, and I had two other tumors uh, in my body. And that's why they staged it at stage four. And uh, it was very serious. Uh, You know, I was given an 8% chance of survival. 8%? 8. And it's better than 7. But uh, you know, it, it, it was pretty grim. But um, we we just began, um, you know, a, a journey through the valley. And uh, like like uh, almost two million Americans uh, last year were diagnosed with cancer. They they began their journey in the valley. And um, as I walked through that valley, um, I just uh, I, I just wrote I just wrote some notes. Uh, that, that kind of captured the questions that I had, the kind of thoughts and fears and uh, uh, kind of struggles that I had, that I think all of us uh, go through, uh, especially those of us who are followers of Christ. Because, you know, the, the kind of the default mode of thinking for many Christians is that you know, if I'm a Christ follower, that uh, he's going to spare me from such challenges and trials. And that uh, it's God's job uh, to protect me from such things. Um, and uh, when, when in reality, the scripture is very clear in Jesus himself, is that, hey, uh, you know, this life is going to be full of such challenges. And, uh, you know, uh, the apostles, uh, Peter, for instance, in, in 1 Peter, uh... says uh, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that come to you um, and so uh... And you don't I, get to pick them you, you don't get to pick them and 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 i you know I, I think that uh... for for people of faith and for those who who have yet to to come to christ and and, and to and to have faith in him that uh... There, there, are, there are a couple of very important um, insights, epiphanies, if you will, that, that you have to come to about suffering in general whenever you enter into that valley. Um, Would from, you share those? Yeah. I, a couple of them. I, I think there's two things. I, I think, first of all, uh, we, we've got to accept and understand that suffering in life is inevitable. It's not some sort of aberration. It's not some sort of a a silly accident. You know, uh, suffering doesn't come to us uh, as Christians uh, because God uh, was taking too long of a a break and forgot about us or made an accident or made a mistake. Uh, The scripture's full of predictions that God's children will pass through the fire, will pass through the flood. Jesus said, you will suffer. Peter said don't be surprised at the fiery trials. Uh, so I, I, I think the first thing that I had to come to uh, when I entered the valley was, you know what, this is not a mistake. Uh, th- this, this, is, uh, this is actually something that is purposeful. And, that, and that's the second insight or epiphany that I think all of us need to come to. And I write about it in the book is not only is suffering inevitable, uh, it's to be expected. You know the scripture is clear: through many trials and tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so, uh, the the beauty of uh, the epiphany of the inevitability of suffering for the Christian is that for the Christian, it is inevitable, but it is also purposeful. Uh, God is not the author of sin. God is not the author of suffering. God does not make people get cancer. <laughs> uh, cancer is, a, is, is collateral damage from the fall. It's an invader. Uh, it's yep. an invader. We yep. have an enemy, Satan, Pestilous. who wants to, who, he's a murderer from the beginning, wants to kill and steal and destroy. Right. Um, that's not God's doing, but what God has done is declare that I will in my grace and my mercy and my goodness, I will make all these things work together for good. For those he didn't are the say they according. were good at all. He said They're, he'd work them for good. That's right. They're not good things. It's impossible. But he is able to make them work together for good. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, I just think uh, that the most important thing for us when we enter the valley is to come to grips with the fact that this is not a mistake. It is actually a calling in a sense that God has tapped, tapped me. You know, I had, I had a very strong sense that when I entered the valley, that God had tapped me on the shoulder and said, I have a project for you. I have a journey for you to take uh, because uh, I have a purpose for this in your life. See, this is, this is where I believe uh, as, as a biblical Christian in the sovereignty of God, that he is, uh, he is able to work all things together for his glory and for the good of his people. And so whenever cancer invades, or any other kind of heartache or suffering in this world. Um, I believe that for the Christian, the, the, the first thing we need to do is, is to get our mind right about this. That uh, this, this is not an excuse uh, for sitting on the bench and complaining about uh, woe is me and, and giving up on life. It is not an excuse rather it's an elevated platform for serving. I, I notice
3: you have maybe, did, did you have something in the book that you wanted to refer to or, or read? Oh, I've got tips, all kinds of stuff. Was there, was there something in particular you, you would want to show? Um, because I read so many things there that blessed mm-hmm. me that I really I really want you to, to get this. And, and Betty and I want to ask you ask you a question. We, yeah. we were going through the same battle with our daughter at the same time. You know that with Robin. And you know... Betty, we've wanted to say, what, what do you say to somebody like us when your daughter had such perfect faith? We all did. And, and Robin, she said, I win. And of course she wins. She's forever in the presence of the Lord. She can't lose. That's right. She's in him. He's in her. And the fruit that she has sown in the lives of her children, everyone that knew her, it just looks like Jesus springing bringing up. But we still have questions.
2: Yeah, we do. And, and. Your journey was a little different in that you were the one that had the disease. Our journey was different, and it was our child that had the disease. Yeah. But we were still in the midst of, of the valley, in the in the battle, so to speak. And so I, yeah. I just like you did, I, I made notes, I journaled I know, through this I know journey, did. and I can't express enough what a blessing yeah. that has been to me. And it's yes. has, it has been a big part of the healing process. And you don't get yeah. past it. I mean, you don't get over it. No, you but don't. you walk through it and no, you, you learn how to live with God's grace and God's love. Mm-hmm. And I have to say this, that I knew every moment that mm-hmm. he was right in the center mm-hmm. of, of our battle, of our heartache. I knew that he was bigger than life. And that's one thing I did come to know how, how big his love is and how big he is. If we allow him to just come into the midst and, and to me, it's kind of sad that sometimes we don't, we want to back away. You know, people want to back away, but it was a time for me when I wanted to grasp hold because there were those dark moments when I felt like God, if you don't hold on to me, I, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And yet he taught me so much yeah. and I felt his presence and I continue to yeah. through the process.
1: Betty, I, I firmly believe that the journey through the valley is hardest on the family and loved ones of the one who's suffering with cancer or anything else than it is on that particular person. Because I believe that God gives grace uh, abundant for those who are suffering. Um, and and, and so, so we're fine. We're fine in that valley. Robin, I believe, was fine in that valley, in the grace and the peace and the the presence and the presence of Christ. He was a marvel. But your mother's heart was breaking and James, I know you suffered with that. Here's the thing. It is very difficult for us, I believe, in this world, even though we are believers in Christ, and that, and that death is not the end, that Jesus has, has become victorious in his resurrection over sin, death, and the grave. Uh, we believe that death for us is, is not an ending, it is a commencement, it is, it is not a, a passing away, it is a crossing over, it's a translation. Uh, but even with all of that, it is difficult for us sometimes to understand that purpose of life for Christian is not to never die, but rather to fulfill God's purpose in their life. C.S. Lewis uh, is my mentor in this. Um, in his Narnia books, he, he, you know, he presents Christ as Aslan the lion, and and in one of the books, he he, he has uh, he has a young man named Erevis who suffers in his life. He's shipwrecked and he's scared by wild animals and there's. There's strange people that, that he has to stay with. And and when, when he finally meets up with Aslan, the lion, who was the Christ figure at the end, he, he asked him some pretty pointed questions. Like, why, why if you loved me, why did I have to go through all this? Why, why was I shipwrecked? Why did these wild animals scare This, that, and the other. And Aslan, Christ, speaks to him and says, well, in the first place, uh, the, you You were shipwrecked, right, but on the shore next to the hut of this strange man that I put there to take care of you. And the wild animals that scared you at night were not there to harm you. It was me, and I was watching over you. And um, in other words, um, Aslan is telling Erebus his story, Um, at which point Erebus asks about his friend. Well, what about her? what about her? And Aslan said, I tell no one any story but their own. Mm. Um, Robin had her own story. God was writing a story in her life. And, uh, and I believe that he's writing a story in all of our lives and that the purpose of our life ultimately is not to never die, but to fulfill completely the purpose that Christ has given to us. Um, you know, uh, Hope is uh, is so essential um, for those of us who are going through the valley, and I and I and I write uh, the, these notes from the valley to my brothers and sisters who who are coming in the valley after me uh, to try to to try to accomplish a couple of things. First of all, to give them hope, to give them hope that. Uh, This journey that God has tapped you for is not a mistake, but it's purposeful and that he will be with you to help you fulfill that purpose. And so um, I I just, you know, I want for uh, people who are entering the valley of the shadow of death through cancer or any other reason or way, I want them to know what their assignment is. Um, And I want them to know how to complete their assignment. And so we talk about prayer. We talk about believing prayer. We talk about God's power to heal. And, and, and do, we, do we learn how to pray like we've never learned to pray before in the Valley of the Shadow? Absolutely. But we also learn to pray wisely. Uh, we learn to pray persistently, patiently, and pliably. You know, asking God for miracles of healing. Uh, and, and yet being pliable enough in our prayer to, to, to submit to him weaving his answer to our prayer for healing into his ultimate purposes for our life. God's story is being written in all of our lives. Um, I believe that for us as Christians, we're called to glorify him, and that's our purpose. And if the story that he has in our lives is to pass through a valley of suffering that may even lead to death... Um, then it is a glorious and a hopeful thing to pursue that and to make it a good journey.
3: You know, the thing that is, is I think is so meaningful uh, to us in your behalf, those of yeah. you who are watching, is that we were in the valley, not only the one he was in, but the battle we were in. And because my assistant, Carol, mm-hmm. would see everything he wrote from the valley, she would pass them to me. And I was so moved, because Andy shared exactly where he was at that moment. And as a man who knew the Bible, and who knew God, and loved God, and know there's no limit on what God can do, and believes God for miracles, but knows the greatest miracle is the manifestation of the fullness and grace and greatness of Jesus. So that as he would write at whatever level, I would be lifted up. And I'm thinking, I feel where he is. And I'm I'm identifying with what he's going through. And he writes it. It's it's an amazing gift God gave him so much that I said, you must share this. And so it ended up in this book. And and as I said to Andy before we walked out here, there are many people at a a different point in in their journey and in their valley, wherever it is, whatever the origin, whatever the journey. And I want them to be able to read your notes because it's for you. So Andy, we're gonna offer this. It's in, in the book, bookstores, you can get it. You can go online and get it. And notes in the valley. But you know, Andy, because you know we're, we're mission-minded. Mm-hmm. We love to put God's arms around a hurting world. Mm-hmm. We're drilling water wells. This is the last week for this emphasis on, on drilling 500 wells. And we are believing God will, will grant us the entire support we need. Well, we wanna send this to everyone who'll just give a cup of water because I think mm-hmm. this will be refreshing. Uh, may I just ask you. You appreciate Pastor Andy letting us thank walk you. this journey really, in the valley and understand that the, the Lord is with us in the valley. The Shepherd is with us, and so I want you to have this, Andy. Thank you for, for sharing. Thank you for leading the church into the f- fullness of God's truth and Word, and and letting them take this journey with you. Because I know it's been, it's been a healing for so many, and I know the book will be. I want to thank, thank you. Thank you, James, from thank the bottom you, of Betty. my heart. May I get you to? to listen to Tammy Trent and our mission overseer for all of Africa, Peter Pretorius, a man that God used to literally change our lives and to change so many millions of people, totally changed by the power of God. Watch closely.
2: This is such a significant moment. There is no water, no water for miles in this area that they could ever go to.
0: You know, waterborne diseases is still one of the biggest killers of children in Africa.
2: And now they have fresh, clean water.
0: It's beautiful, clean water that will only bring them good health.
2: This is about to change their lives forever.
4: For thousands of people mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters. The years of sickness and death caused by contaminated water are about to end at the hands of a young boy. A war against contaminated water has been won. Today, joy emanates from this field like this water springs from this earth. For these mothers, fathers, sons and daughters have been liberated from a captivity that has held them from the time of their birth. But on other fields, much like this one, the war continues. Contaminated water oppresses, takes lives, and gives nothing back. The power to bring that to an end is now in your hands.
3: And that is no exaggeration. The power to release the love and the life of God to literally be an extension of His hands is ours. And Betty, we have found tremendous joy doing it. We really have. And our viewers have.
2: You know, as I saw that, I could just feel the anticipation of that little boy holding that handle. And when the first clean water comes out of that pump, (laughs) all the joyful occasion that what it was. And and the mothers, you could just see the smiles on their faces because they knew it was going to possibly save the lives of the rest of their children. Because some of them had already lost so much so we can be a big part of that continue because there's still a need out there for the water well so that they can have the same kind of joyful experience that you just watch these children
3: have you know one of the reasons that our viewers i think are so anxious to help not only the need and and the you know the threat to life and and meaningful existence and an opportunity but also the sense of gratitude And you know, that's really missing too much here Mm -hmm. in the advanced world in the United States. It's almost like people who even have great need have very little gratitude. And they have so little and it's such a simple thing and yet it's like the most joyful thing. I would really like to suggest to all of you who have needs to be grateful that you may even have an opportunity to have a need met or maybe even in your meager existence you might touch someone else because they're anxious to do that. We're anxious to do that. I want to inspire everyone to do that because that's the heart of God. And here during the last week of our emphasis on drilling 500 wells, we're asking every one of you to participate in that joy and simply go to lifetoday.org, go there, or you can dial the phone number there on the screen and take your bank card and use it like a check. That's how you should always use them and make the gift God puts on your heart. Think about this. Most of the support to drill those wells comes from people who give $48. And that basically, when you break it out, gives 10 people water the rest of their life. $144 gives 30 people water the rest of their life. $4,800 is still the average cost of a well. Some more expensive, some less expensive, depending upon the depth. But would you help? Could you give a well? I believe you will if you can. If you gave 2,400 or 1,200, you pray another person matches what you do or three other people join you and we've got a well. We have some beautiful gifts to express our thanks to you for what you do for those precious children, their families. And we're going to share water for life, but we're going to tell them about the water of life. And when you demonstrate that love, it's so much easier to hear and receive. Millions of people come to Christ because we share His love. Would you please go online right now, lifetoday.org or dial that number and just make the gift God puts on your heart. You're giving the greatest gift. You're giving the gift of life. And we're going to share some gifts with you that will be a source of inspiration to you.
0: Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for 5 people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people and $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the brand new Free to Be Me 40-day devotional where Betty shares the challenges, victories, and insights God gave her while struggling through fear and insecurity. You'll also receive Betty's book, Free to Be Me, With your gift of $100 or more, you may request Life's Inspirational Coffee Mug Set, featuring encouraging quotes and scripture to brighten your mornings for years to come. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well, and request this beautifully framed canvas print of the Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Call, write, or make your gift online today.
3: We well, you know, we'll be sending you Betty's wonderful story, free to be me, but also if you'd like to have notes from the valley. I mean, this is in the real journey and it ministers wherever you are in it at whatever point. It really is a gift. And I, I really diligently, persistently encouraged Andy to write this because basically in so many ways he'd already written it while he was in the valley on the journey. You're going to be encouraged. We have been and you will be. Thank all of you for being with us, and thank you for watching. Andy, thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. And bless Irving Bible Church. You want to go here? Great preaching, being a great people. Irving Bible Church. So if you can find it easily. You will be blessed. Thanks for watching, and thanks for your help.
0: Be sure to visit Stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org Tomorrow on Life Today, Bible teacher and author Christine Kane encourages us to guard our hearts as we journey through the valleys of life.